welcome to this latest edition of Novak Now here on the Nachum Siegel Network. I am your host, Jake Novak. Uh, by the way, you can catch me on Twitter, which is a great place to keep up uh, during the week, any time of day. I tweet a lot of stuff, not only just comments of mine, but also articles. You catch me on Twitter. It's Jake Novak. The Twitter handle is at JakeJakeNY, at JakeJakeNY. And you can follow a lot of the stuff there anytime you want to. Uh, and I've actually put down some... Uh, some previous reading material. This is this is a, an edition of Novak Now where there is reading required, uh, just a little bit. Uh, I, I wrote a column about two years ago, a little bit more than two years ago, about today's subject. And uh, I, I don't want to have to read it word for word here on the air, so please go ahead and check that out again at my Twitter handle, at JakeJakeNY. So, of course, the, the big topic is, I could pretend there's another topic on the minds of most Americans right now, but that would be naive. Because everyone knows that the number one story in the world right now, or at least in the United States, is, and that is $1.6 billion mega million jackpot. Have you bought your tickets yet? I'm sure a lot of you have. But I'm here to, I, I promise I'm not here to be a party pooper, because I want to explain for a second what exactly the party is when it comes to these jackpots and these lotteries. Clearly the party is not winning, because most of us, We'll never even win more than a few bucks here and there. No one is, no one, very much likely, no, no one listening or no one who's listening who we know is going to win. And that's okay. That, that, listen, we know those are the odds. We know those are the odds in the country. A lot of people playing and, and the chances of winning are one in many hundreds of millions. So that's not, that's not the party pooper part aspect of it. Because I think that the party aspect of this is the daydreaming. You know, you buy a ticket for one of these mega, mega jackpots. And, and this is going to be the biggest ever in U.S. history. This is going to be 1.6, more than 1.6 billion. Again, that's the base, and we'll talk about what the real take-home is in a moment, but it's the biggest base jackpot we've ever seen. And if you're like me, and I think if you're like just about everybody else, the act of buying a ticket is all about a little bit of the daydreaming that we do. We do a little bit of that daydreaming. Maybe we buy the ticket before we get on the train home, or we buy the ticket... Uh, before we go to sleep or something like that, and we just close our eyes and we think about what it would be like. What will we do with that money? If you're somebody like me, I think, oh, for a few minutes. I mean, it's only a couple of minutes worth for that $2 ticket. I think about, you know, I, I, try, I guess I'm, kind of, I'm, I'm a little bit of a boring person when it comes to daydreaming and fantasizing about what I do with a huge jackpot. First thing I think about is how much am I going to put in, in trust for my two daughters? So I figure like, well, it's a $1.6 billion jackpot, which means probably about $750, $800 million after they take out the taxes and things like that. So I think immediately, well, I think I would put $200 million in each of my daughters, my two daughters, in a trust fund for them. So just so I know that they're taken care of because that's the most important thing. And then that still leaves me with, you know, three, $400 million. And I start thinking about uh, penthouse apartments I would buy in Tel Aviv on the beach, uh, a, a place I might buy in Jerusalem, uh, a place I might buy in Manhattan, how I would, uh, I'm very happy with my current house here on Long Island, so I'm not going to change that. I'm not going to buy a new one, but I would maybe spruce it up and, and do all the things that, you know, modernize it a little bit. And, and I, I do my own greenskeeping <laughs> here at my house. I do, I mow the lawn. And actually, if you really want to feel, if you really want to see here how depressing I can be, I actually mow the lawn with a manual mow, lawnmower, like, you know, like the ones your grandfather had. I... Not because I'm a big environmentalist or something like that, but because uh, it's actually better for the grass and it's a little bit of a workout. And also, I'm afraid of chopping off a toe. I mean, it's on, I'm, I'll be honest with you. And 
one more thing to be honest with you about those manual mowers now are much easier. They, they've kind of engineered them better than they were in our parents' day or our grandparents' day. So they actually work nicely. It's a good little workout for me. But if I win this jackpot, that's it. I'm, I'm hiring I'm hiring a really good landscaping company. So those are the kinds of things that I daydream of. I know I'm not very exciting, but I think that's what we all do. That's that's pretty much, I mean, again, I can't say everyone, but I think a huge percentage of us, when they think about these huge jackpots, it's about the daydream. That's what we're buying. And I promise you, I am not here to be a party pooper about that. As you've heard me say many times here on Novak Now, I, Jake Novak, am not a rabbi, nor am I playing one on the radio. So I know that there are some halachic issues that go along with the jackpots. I feel already in my heart, because I'm sure there's some rabbi in the five towns somewhere, or maybe in, in, in Teaneck, who has given a drush in the last 24 hours against buying the lottery tickets. I feel for that man right now, because he's really swimming against the tide. I hope he really believes in that drosh so that he can really sell it. Again, I'm not a rabbi, not one on TV. I really don't know, honestly, from my understanding of the gambling laws, where buying a lottery ticket falls. Um, I do know that it's not charity. You know, it's not like you can say, well, this money's going to the schools. It's, it's an added donation to the schools. It's, it's not, folks. Something that people need to understand is, yes, a lot of that lottery money goes to the schools, but it is part of their, act their, their allotted budget. In other words, when every state says, here's how much money the schools are going to get, they figure, well, this is how much is going to come for the lottery. It's not like, oh, here's the school money that comes from your property taxes, and whatever the lottery gives it is over and above a great bonus for education. No, that, that's not how it works, which is actually one of the, the problems that I have with the lottery. Again, I don't have the problem with someone buying a ticket and daydreaming and doing all those things. And hey, if someone listening here wins... I don't have a problem with that either. <laughs> but um, the point is, uh, I, I don't know the halakhic stuff around here. But, it, but anyone going around saying that buying a lottery ticket is okay if you really think it is gambling because it's charity, it, it's not charity. Okay, it's not charity. But again, I'm not a rabbi, nor am I playing one on the radio. I'm just saying, boy, I feel sorry for... I, I'm sure that this, there's got to be some rabbi somewhere in the New York area or somewhere in the Mega Millions uh, jackpot states who's decided to give a drush against this in the last 24 hours. And I feel sorry for that dude. Um, but anyway, that's my uh, that's that's my way of saying, hey, look, this is something that's on everyone's mind right now, and that's okay. It's a lot of money. A lot of us um, struggle every day to make ends meet. There's nothing wrong with daydreaming about this kind of thing, in my opinion. And if that's what you're buying with your two dollar ticket, that's great. And I'm not throwing cold water on that. But here's what I am going to throw cold water on. Like I said, I'm not going to be a party pooper on that part, but I'm going to be, I think, a party pooper. Better way to say it, a truth teller. Here on Novak Now, we're going to tell the truth. And I want to tell the truth about the lottery industry in this country and some of the really problematic things that I want everyone to think about. So the first thing I want to say before I go into some of these negatives is I'm not stupid. I know that no matter how many bad things I tell you about the ethical issues of the lottery, I'm not going to stop anyone from wanting to buy a lottery ticket, especially on the weekend when we're talking about a $1.6 billion jackpot in a couple of days being drawn. I'm not stupid. I'm not going to be that guy. I get it. Um, so what I want to say is here are a bunch of the facts about the lottery that are very, very negative with the full understanding that none of these things I'm going to say now are going to change anybody's mind about doing lottery, about, about buying a lottery and buying a ticket. Okay, the first one is, man, the lottery is a regressive tax on the poor. By that, I mean it is very, very much more burden on the poor in America than the, than the wealthy. Poor people, has it's been found tend to buy more lottery tickets. They have much less of that money. And the money that they're spending on the lottery tickets, they can't afford. A lot of people, including TV economists and the guy from the Ben Stein's money and from Ferris Bueller, 
Ben Stein has often written about how if someone plays the lottery, let's say it's, it's, it's Mega Millions and Powerball, and they both have two drawings a week. So that's $8. Let's say you're just buying one ticket a week, and you're spending eight, uh, for each of those games, so those two, two weekly games. So that's $8 a week. And if you put that money away in even a small interest-bearing account, over 52 weeks, you're talking about you know close to $500, even in this low interest rate um, uh, atmosphere that you're going to have saved that you otherwise were just throwing away. And that's guaranteed money. So it, look, again, that's argument number one that I know is not going to win anybody over. You know, I could go right now to the 7-Eleven in a rougher neighborhood and see elderly people with their cash social security checks buying scratch-off tickets and lottery tickets by the dozen. For those of you who have not experienced that, when you're in a hurry trying to get a thing of milk or a drink, uh, good for you because it's happened to me on a number of occasions. It really stinks because it's in addition, it's, it's annoying and it's depressing at the same time. It's like I can't even get mad at these people because I'm just so sad for them <laughs> spending so much money on lottery tickets. But like I said, that's argument number one that I know will win no one over. Maybe it will just make us think twice. I get it. Still, a lot of it, we're all going to buy a ticket. And we're going to daydream. I get it. I get it. I get it. Second problem with the lottery is what I kind of alluded to before. It's sold as some kind of great way to generate more money for our schools. And the only lie in that last sentence I just said is the word more. It doesn't generate more money for the schools. It just generates the existing budgets that we put aside for the schools. Or it, it doesn't generate it. It fills in. It, you know, it, it, it fills in some of that funding. It's there. And again, a lot of stuff's been talked about how not enough of it gets to it, gets to the schools, even though it is allotted. I mean, look, folks, we have state lottery boards. I don't know what a state lottery board does as far as needing as many people who are on every every particular board, especially since now these games have gone national. But we have state lottery boards, which are usually filled by donors to the governor's race or. Mm -hmm the children or relatives of certain people who are friends of the politicians. You get my drift here. I mean, it's just, it's a great way to park somebody who can't otherwise be a very good uh, po political worker without having to, uh, if you, without having to deal with any of that kind of stuff. So look folks, it's, it, it, and it certainly is a basis for that kind of political corruption. Even if no money is stolen, even if no money is, wrongfully allocated the fact that every state has a state lottery board with paid people on the tax payroll to do some kind of a job i don't know what it is maybe to count the ping pong balls in the in in the uh, in that little air bubble machine that that you know takes the numbers i don't really know what their job is honestly i really don't i don't know why it's necessary to have so many people but again i do, I do know why because there's a political reason for it so again I'm not dumb. I know that that argument is not going to stop anybody from buying a lottery ticket. I get it. It's just a case of us thinking a little bit about what, where we go with some of this lottery stuff. Again, aggressive tax on the poor doesn't really do anything to help the schools any more than they would have been helped from another source of the budget. And it is a source of political cronyism. And all those things have been shown time after time and study after study. And Almost as much as I feel bad for the rabbi who has given the drusha in the last 24 hours bashing the lottery, I feel bad for some of these think tanks and other organizations that have written study after study over the years about how bad the lotteries are for poor people, how disruptive they are to economic progress. I feel bad for them because good luck, good freaking luck. It's just not going to change anybody's mind. We like to gamble. Human beings like it. We liked it in ancient times. The reason why the Talmud talks about gambling is because it was existing back then, too. I mean, it, it exists. Gambling is a big part of the human culture, the human nature. 
and we're not going to stop it. And again, that daydream aspect that I think that I think most of us are kind of addicted to, especially those of us who like to do the math about how much money we would take home and what we would do with it, the whole thing. Um, that's really hard to overcome. And I am by far no one to, to speak against that because when these jackpots get really big, I buy a ticket too. I buy a ticket too. And that leads me to my last point I want to make about some of the negative things that, that I know hardly anyone who's already liking to do this is going to listen to, but that is, please folks, when it comes to these kinds of jackpots, again, I want you to have all the daydream fun and all the fantasies you want to have. But please, don't buy more than one ticket. If you think that if you buy two tickets, you've doubled your chances, you haven't, okay? Go find someone who's a mathematician in your family or in your group of friends or somebody who might know one and let them sit down with you and explain how buying one, anything more than one ticket, no matter how big the jackpot, is really stupid. Because you improve your, the, the only way to improve your chances of winning the lottery by buying more tickets, you would have to buy so many more tickets to even fractionally in a way that any human can understand without the help of a big frame, mainframe computer, you'd have to buy a lot more tickets than just one more ticket. So buy one ticket, please. It's, it's really not helping your chances, okay? If you are a hedge fund with a billion dollars to spend and you can work out all the sequences, then K, okay, go for it. You know, but otherwise, if you're an average person, buying more than one ticket is a really stupid thing to do. It's really throwing that money away. Buying one ticket is the only thing that really helps your chances. They go from zero to almost a little bit better than zero, and that's about it. And that's okay. And that's okay. So I, count me in as one of those people. As you know, I'm Jake Novak here on Novak Now on the Nachum Siegel Network. I have been in journalism for a long time. More than 25 years I've been producing television news and longer than that writing. And I've been one of those guys who, who's written and talked about the lottery for a long time. And Thankfully, for just about all of those years that I've been writing about it, I've known, like I said it a few times already, I know I'm not going to change anybody's mind just by, simply by making the arguments about the odds, simply by making arguments about the regressive taxation on the poor, simply by making the arguments about how it's a real font of political corruption. I know, I know, I'm not naive, I'm not dumb, and I'm also not a party pooper in that fantasy land that a lot of us go to when we buy a lottery ticket. That's okay. But then something changed. Something changed about two years ago in this country. Well, it changed because two years ago the story came to light. It actually happened a few years before that. But something changed, and I finally stumbled across something that looked like this could change the tide in the discussion about lotteries in America. And it really looked like that because there's one thing, one thing, folks, for those of you who know gamblers and um a lot of us have had gamblers in our family, and I don't mean just like the casual gambler who, who bets on a, on a football pool during the football season or buys a bunch of, you know, a lot who buys lottery tickets every year. I'm talking about someone who's a real, you know, big gamblers, gamblers who, who do it maybe even as, you know, their quasi-profession. Uh, some of us have had people like that in our family. I had somebody like that in my family who passed away a long time ago, but I had somebody like that in my family. And if you know real gamblers, if you know them, you know that they won't stop. They're not going to stop on their own just because, oh, the, the odds aren't great. or They're not going to stop. But there's one thing that even the most addicted gambler will see as a reason to stop gambling in that particular, at least that particular game, that particular angle. And that is if they believe the game is rigged, literally rigged against them. In other words, if they feel that someone has rigged the numbers game, 
or has rigged uh, a sporting match, unless they're in on how they've rigged it so they can make money too, they won't play that game. They'll stop. And if they feel like this, and, and if they feel like that particular gambling, that particular gambling outlet is always rigged, then they're not going to do it at all. They'll they'll find something else. And wouldn't you know it? A couple of years ago, here in the United States, we found out that someone who was in charge of online and and digital security for many state lotteries across the country did just that. He rigged it. He rigged it. I know you probably didn't hear this story, did you? And I'm going to talk about that in a second. But I'll give you a quick synopsis. And again, this is part of my reading material that I think that you should read up on. If you follow my Twitter feed, at JakeJakeNY, you go back to some of the tweets I did on Sunday, you'll find uh, the links to the stories about this. But a few years ago, a man named Eric Tipton, out of the state of Iowa, was caught rigging the lottery. Now, what did he do? You know, Look, the lottery sometimes... We always think of the lotteries being those ping pong balls in the machine, but there are a lot of lotteries in this country that are randomly computer generated numbers. And he used a program to rig those numbers. So he knew the numbers beforehand. So that was part one of his scam. Now, part two is not so easy. You buy these tickets at places where there's always some kind of security camera. Convenience stores all have cameras, for those of you who know about places that get stick up problems and things like, things like that. But, but let, me, let me tell you something. Every, anywhere you buy a lottery ticket, there's a camera. So he knew that. Tipton knew that. So he had friends and family buy the tickets for him. But he got caught, and he's in jail now. And I wrote about it when it happened, and I wrote about it uh, in an editorial fashion and also just straight journalism fashion. And I thought to myself, and I didn't say this in the, in the story, I thought to myself, this is it. This is the thing that could really stop people from, from buying those lottery tickets every week. If they think that it's rigged, if they think that there's really zero chance, they know it's a small chance, but if they think somebody else has rigged it for themselves and not for you, then they wouldn't buy the ticket. So why didn't that happen? Eric Tippin, it was just really last year that he came out clean and explained his, the whole scam that he had running. And I'm thinking, why, why didn't it happen? Why didn't people stop playing the lottery? How come there's no real slowdown in that? The answer is very, very simple. The answer is you didn't hear about the story until I told you. Now, maybe there's one or two listeners out there listening right now or listening on the podcast and the archives a couple of days from now who did hear the story. If, you're, if that's the case, I'm really betting you are probably one of the very news junkiest people out there. You probably really, really look at the news because that story was buried. It was buried. When you think about how many news organizations from the Tiffany Network, CBS News Tonight, to down to some internet website that you know has the news once in a while. Everyone's going to be talking about this mega million story over the next couple of days. When you think about the coverage, the free coverage and the free advertising this, this lottery is going to get over the next couple of days, and you realize how much that's going to saturate the news market compared to this story of someone rigging the lottery, these state and national lotteries for millions of dollars, and how that was hardly covered at all. And hardly given the, you know, the kind of exposure that we give even much smaller jackpots, then you can understand why the natural thing didn't happen. People didn't stop playing these games. And let me say something else about this guy. If you think, just from a standpoint of human nature, if you think Eric Tipton is the only guy in the history of all these state and national lotteries to have rigged the lottery somehow and have fooled around with the system, you're really kidding yourself. You are really kidding yourself. Look closer. One of the things you might start noticing is how convenience store owners 
have a very high rate of winning scratch-off lottery games. Gee, how is that possible? They're not really buying any more tickets than anybody else. One of the reasons is a lot of people who win these scratch-off games are illegal aliens or people who are wanted for different crimes. And they win the game, and they know they can't really go public and redeem the prize, so they sell it to the convenience store owner at the place they bought it. That's a, one popular scam. Another popular scam is somebody who doesn't know English very well or understands the game very well gives them the ticket and says, uh, did I win? And the guy says, uh, no, you didn't. Sorry. And then they pocket the ticket. That happens too. Okay? That happens too. But there's just a lot of funny business going on. And why is there a lot of funny business going on? Is it because the lottery is dirtier than anything else? No. It's just human nature. I would hope that most people listening here are old enough and mature enough to understand that in the history of humankind, if there's something to be that's valuable, that's, that's worth stealing, people will try to steal it. And some percentage of people will be successful at doing it. And that's just really the way it works. But for the first time a couple of years ago, we really got solid evidence and full allocution from this guy, Eric Tipton, explaining how he pulled the scam off. The problem is, if a tree falls in the forest and nobody hears it, is anyone going to stop playing Mega Millions? And in this case... Nobody heard of this story. You know, I, I really felt like a very lonely voice out there in the woods. And yes, if you look it up on Google now, you see that the time New York Times covered it and a few people covered it. But it, it was not a big story, even for a hot second, even for a hot second, even though, boy, if I were a news director of a local station or if I were a news director of a major network or a managing editor of a newspaper, I, I'd be all over that story. I know I'd get a lot of clicks and a lot of shares on that story. That'd be a big one. But it, it got buried. Why did it get buried? A couple of reasons. One is, you know what? It's a difficult story to explain, I guess, to some degree. There's technology involved. There's math involved. I think I, you've heard me say a few times here on Novak now how a lot of people in journalism got into journalism so they could avoid all math, which makes financial journalism and stories about money so problematic. <laughs> but even if they aren't math-phobic, I think there's another reason. Again, not a conspiracy theory. Go ahead and watch your local news or open up your paper and just on an average day and just take a note of how many ads for the lottery there are. The state lotteries and the national lotteries are big sponsors of the news media. So for, there's very little incentive for them to go off there and do a long, big story about how the lotteries are phony. I mean, that's like taking one of the, you know, you see a lot of ads for trucks on NFL games. Can you imagine the, the commenters on the NFL games talking about how crappy their truck is as they were driving into the stadium that day? They're, just, they're not going to do that. Okay? doesn't mean they're going to lie and, and say how great they are, but they're going to avoid that kind of thing. And that's another reason why it didn't get enough coverage. And that's really, really very, very sad. Because, again, this, had, this was a story that really should have been on everyone's lips nationally. And, again... If the local and national news were standoffish when it, came, when it comes to reporting on these big jackpots, then I'd say, okay, fine. You guys aren't in the lottery reporting business that much anyway, so it's no big deal that you didn't cover this, this scandal. I get it. I get it. But they are. Boy, every news update, every half hour, every 15 minutes that you're going to hear at all levels, national, local, state, are going to be mentioning this, this jackpot. And last night when there was no winner in the other one, the, the Powerball jackpot, there was a lot of reporting on that too. And now that's grown to the six to $700 million jackpot level. And as a news producer and someone who makes these kinds of decisions, I, um, 
I am very reluctant to do lottery stories. But again, I'm not, not stupid. <laughs> I know that when the jackpot grows to over five, six, seven hundred million dollars, it's okay to mention it. I'm just not going to do an ad for them every couple of weeks. I'm not going to go crazy and give them that kind of publicity for free. But almost everyone else in the news business does it, which is so, which is again so problematic. If you're going to beat the drum positively for this lottery industry, if you're never going to report the corruption, the political corruption, if you're never going to report the regressive taxation of the poor, if you're never going to report how the state lottery boards are filled with incompetence, if you're never going to do any of those things, fine. But then you decide to do hours and hours over in the, you know, in the aggregate of free advertising for a lottery game. Which one is it? I think we can all agree it's a big story one way or the other. That's fine if you want to cover it, but cover all the angles of it and they won't do it. And again, I think some of it is just out of ignorance. Nine times out of 10, when something is happening in the news media that you think should be happening, ignorance is the reason why it isn't happening. It's not always political bias. Okay. I'd love to blame it on political bias a lot of the time, but it's, it's almost always ignorance. Shocks me how people who I think are actually smarter than I am in a lot of ways have never heard of like a ton of the stories that I'm that I've covered or written about. Never heard of them. Never. It's like, I mean, the, the most annoying thing people say to me half the time that when I talk about certain things is, how do you know that? Boy, do I hate when people say that to me. It doesn't make me feel superior. It doesn't make me feel better. It makes me wonder what the hell are these people doing? And by the way, the people who ask me that are in the news business where they were in very good schools with me. How do you know that? I mean, it's just, it's got nothing to do with, I'm not a computer. I've forgotten plenty of stuff. There's plenty of things I don't know. As my wife likes to say, I, you know, you don't want to go to the Jake Novak Medical School. I don't know much about those kinds of things. And that's a pretty big thing not to know anything about. So I, I'm, no, I'm no genius. But if you're someone who f covers news and, and covers financial news and, under, and, and you've never heard of this major scam in the lotteries or you didn't think it was important enough to report or follow up on or at least give some time to you should be ashamed you should be ashamed again nothing to be ashamed of if you want to play the game i'm going to go out and buy another ticket i think really soon right now myself one ticket one ticket not more than one please for those of you with all your little boxes and the and the don't just don't it's such a waste of money again i'm not going to stop you i know i'm just saying it is such a waste of money to buy more than one ticket buy one ticket for that daydream the daydream costs two dollars you can buy one ticket or a hundred ticket and it's the same daydream i, I just say if you're, if you're the kind of person who's going to buy a hundred tickets i just saved you 198 dollars buy one ticket and you can have the same daydream because again i think that's what we're all kind of grasping on onto and that's fine but I beg of you folks, find out about this kind of stuff. If you think these games are all in the up and up, then go for it. But find out about it. If you're the kind of person who's buying tickets to all the lottery games, ask yourself, wait a minute, <laughs> what's going on here? Are you doing it for that? Again, if you're doing it for that daydream, the daydream you can have with one ticket as much as you can, and on one game as much as you can have for all the games. It's the same daydream, and it's a nice daydream, especially if you if you have the kind of great ideas that some people have. I mean, I you talk to a lot of people, they'll tell you they're thinking about, they don't just say, oh, I'll give it to charity. They'll say, this is specific, specifically what I'd, I'd like to do. I mean, one of the things I'd like to do if I ever won one of these jackpots is to set up a really nice school. I mean, a really, really good private school, free tuition, but with the best teachers and the best programs and all kinds of cool stuff. I'd love to do that. Because just every day I walk by some, you know, everyone wants to have a great place for kids to go to school and that kind of thing. So again, 
that's the great that's the great thing about these lotteries. And I want to make one more point before I finish up. You know, again, that daydream is all about aspirational stuff. We want to aspire. We want to daydream. We want to think about what we would do with that kind of money. And a lot of us have great ideas. But, you know, what's really great about America is that for every one of these big lottery winners, there's probably 10, 20, or 100 people who have made millions and millions of dollars by actually doing something by creating a new technology, creating a new business, coming up with a great idea. And in so doing, they make a jackpot of money, sure, but they also create jobs, they make our lives better. And they know that in, in the United States, even with our lots of regulations and taxes and things like that, and yes, they're going down under President Trump, they know that this is a place where you can still do that. You know, you go to a socialist country, there's not a lot of aspirational people. You know, they have aspirational people, but they have some, I'm not saying there aren't. But compared to the United States, they don't hold a candle to us. So when we think about how lucky someone is to win a lottery, and maybe some of us might even admire a person like that or be jealous of a person like that, I would spend that time instead thinking about some of the people who have made a billion or a few hundred million doing something that's really created something in this country. And we've got a lot of people like that, from people who make fast food chains to people who make technology to people who come up with a, with a cure for something. That's, that's what we want. That's what we want in this country, not random lotteries. And again, I'm not going to stop you from buying a ticket. I'm going to buy a ticket myself. But the thing is, I'm happy that I live in a country where that's not the only way to get rich. And that's not the only way to daydream. I might spend a few minutes this week daydreaming about winning a lottery. But I spend the rest of the time daydreaming about what I would do if I could reach more people, get a writing position, you know, and where everyone would really read it, where I could maybe finish a book, things like these are the kinds of things I aspire to. And maybe to try to get people to think differently about some of the problems that we have in this country, maybe fix them. That's what I think about. And yeah, I'd love to make a lot of money doing that. I don't know if I'd make a billion point six million dollars, but hey, I'll take what I can get. To be aspirational is really, really important. There's just better ways to do it than the lottery. But again, I'm not the party pooper. Go out, have the ticket, and spend two dollars on a dream. This has been Jake Novak. This is the Nachum Siegel Network. This is not Novak now. I hope to speak to you again next week.